0: Welcome to the Travel Coach Network Podcast, your weekly dose of travel coach info, inspo, and news from around the globe. Tune in to each episode to hear inspiring stories of successful travel coaches who are building their lives and business around travel all while exploring around the world. You'll also learn all about travel coaching, setting intentions for a trip, adding meaning to travel, and how you can grow your own travel coaching business. Because remember, there is more to a travel career than just blogging and bookings. Now, join me as we reshape how and why people travel. Before we get to today's episode, we have a quick, small ask for you. In a moment, could you pause this episode, go to your favorite podcast player, and leave a review for this podcast? Even if you leave five stars and no words, we so appreciate that effort. When you leave reviews for podcasts, that helps them get discovered by the right people. So that means a future aspiring travel coach could discover this podcast because of your review. We so, so appreciate you taking the time to do that. We'll give you a second to pause this episode and do that now if you can. You back? Okay, great, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Travel Coach Network podcast. It is I, Sahara Rose DeVore, the founder of the Travel Coach Network and the creator and instructor of the Travel Coach Certification Program. Today, I have a very lovely guest. I have Paige McClannan. She is an American travel journalist based in the French Alps, born and raised in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Paige has lived in five countries since she left the U.S. in 2008. A regular contributor to the New York Times, she is also the creator and host of the Better Travel Podcast, a show that celebrates and promotes travel that has a positive impact on the world. Her book about tourism industry will be published by Scrubner and Simon and & Schuster in 2024. Paige, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to
1: jump into all of that. How are you doing? And welcome. Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to speak to you.
0: Absolutely. I'm excited to chat with you too. You are a very interesting person to have
1: on our podcast.
0: I always like to start with where did your love and passion for travel stem
1: from? did do some travel with my family as a kid. I mean not a ton of travel. We traveled around the United States, you know, a little bit mainly to see family and to go to the beach and stuff. But when I was 16 and when I was 17, I had two trips that really kind of opened my mind to the possibilities of immersive travel. So the summer when I was 16, I did a homestay in France, which is yeah, the country that I ended up calling home now yeah i stayed with the family and i was in france for six weeks and the family spoke no english so my french really got to work out and then the following summer when i was 17 i spent a month in ghana and lived with the family there and was doing some volunteer work with some other american high school students during the day but the most transformative part of that whole experience was staying with the family and same in france and i think those experiences i mean i certainly remember feeling homesick and feeling really out of my depth at other times or really uncomfortable at times, but I think they opened my eyes to just how transformative a slightly challenging travel experience can be. I grew so much as an individual. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about the culture and the society in which I had grown up by leaving it and having these experiences. So yeah, I I would say those two experiences, both of them really sparked the passion that has continued ever since.
0: I love that. And what Then inspired you to become a travel writer and to write about travel. Like we mentioned in the intro that you often write for the New York Times, and I've seen some of your pieces in Afar and other travel-related publications, and not
1: even just travel-related, but where did that love of writing come from? I'm not sure myself, but all I know is that it has always been there. Like Words have always been what I've been drawn to like from my like earliest memories I've always been drawn towards and even you know as I was getting older and as I was first entering the sort of working world you know in my early 20s I kind of learned or sort of saw that this is what I could contribute that people valued I was trying a lot of different jobs or a lot of different activities and it, I just kept coming back to writing like this was What I could do fairly well, certainly not perfectly, but this is what people were asking me to do, and the work that I was searching out. I always knew that my work was going to revolve around words, really. And travel writing emerged from I was working as an editor, and I was working as a journalist. But I've written about all sorts of things. Actually, started started off as sort of an economics journalist, and the world of travel emerged from you know my life essentially. As I was traveling the world, I started writing about my travels, and then four and a half, almost five years ago, my family and I moved. A little village here in the French Alps that we call home. And in our village, tourism is really the, the lifeblood of the economy. And so I started to look at travel and tourism in a very different way as a resident of a tourist destination. Of course, I had always loved to travel. And then becoming a resident of a place just gave it this whole new level of depth and meaning that I was really interested in exploring in my writings. Essentially, since we've moved here, that has really become the focus of all of my writing.
0: I love that. and I'm sure there's so much for you to write about the French Alps. They're so beautiful. As you were talking, I hear words like transformative travel and immersive travel. From a writer's standpoint, what do these words mean? And especially when it in the media. because we know that we hear these words quite often, meaningful travel, mindful travel, transformative travel, and even wellness travel sometimes too, which they've become very popular among travel and tourism hospitality companies to use these in their marketing. People talk about it, but when words get used so often, they tend to lose their meaning. To you and to you as a writer, what do
1: those mean? Oh, that's an excellent question. Thank you so much for asking that question. First of all, because I think you are doing the right thing, like unpacking when you know when we come across a term like that, rather whether it's in a marketing, you know, some marketing materials or in an interview or in a sort of an article we're reading. Taking the time to ask that question of ourselves and of the you know the material that we're we're reading, I think is is absolutely the first step. The words that we come across so often now is sustainable travel, which I think is a really interesting and complicated concept because the whole concept of sustainability is that we're doing things in a way that we're not sacrificing the, the future, whether environmentally or socially or economically or whatever, for the sake of the present, right? So I think that's one way to think about sustainability in travel. There's also a term called responsible travel, which I really like, actually. And responsible travel is really about asking travelers to take responsibility for themselves when they're visiting a place. I kind of like that because it encourages self-reflection and encourages some kind of questioning of our own assumptions and our own behavior when we're traveling. But ultimately, I think all of these, you know, when we think about sustainable travel or responsible travel, thinking about travel that benefits the residents, you know, of the place that we're visiting and that benefits the travelers ourselves. In terms of immersive travel or meaningful travel, I think that really has to do with the emotional kind of openness that we show when we're traveling. And I think in order to have immersive travel or meaningful travel, we really need to open ourselves up, which means maybe asking ourselves some uncomfortable questions or putting ourselves into challenging situations sometimes. In doing so, you open up the possibility of having a really rich experience. Think of my time in Ghana or my time in France as a teenager, a really rich experience that can change the way, you know, you see the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As the Travel Coach Network continues to grow, and there's so many different types of travel professionals that come into it, I hear often talking about them gravitating towards transformative travel or meaningful travel. But what I like to do, especially here on the podcast, is give them actual ideas of what does that look like for your business? Just because we hear words doesn't mean that we have to use it in our Business and our copy and our marketing and our, our websites or whatever, I always tell my members of my TCN to define what things mean for yourself. There's so many different definitions out there. Like you were talking about about sustainability, responsible tourism, mindful travel. Like those mm. transformative stuff, they mean something different to everyone from a business standpoint just define it for what that means and looks like that what you're passionate about, because travel is such a powerful tool. We all know that. And it can impact us and our planet in so many different ways. So really taking it from a standpoint of an individual and identifying what does that look like for you and those that you help within your business. When it comes to your travel writing, what kind of trends, I'm sure that you do a lot of research and you really put yourselves out there, whether it's at events or any way that you can just absorb what's going on in the travel industry. As we know, as we continue to come out of this pandemic here, a lot has changed within the tourism and hospitality industries, but in my beliefs, a lot for the better as well. It's gotten us to think about a lot of really important topics that would have taken a lot longer had the pandemic not happened. What are some trends? What are some things you're hearing or seeing when it comes to the tourism industry?
1: I agree with you that this is such a fascinating moment in the travel world. And it's one reason why, you know, I'm so excited to be writing a book about the tourism industry right now, because it's just such a rich time of change. I'm seeing a few different trends. Number one, this trend really cuts across countries. It cuts across destinations. I've seen this cropping up in lots of different places is that destinations are really kind of taking the reins back in terms of how they manage tourist flows and tourist activity in their communities. You know, we're seeing this in places like Venice and Amsterdam and Barcelona, you know, some of these kind of classic quote-unquote over-touristed destinations in Europe where local leaders are really listening to their residents and putting in place rules or regulations or in some cases new laws that are shifting the way that tourists interact with that city, whether in terms of like where they go or how much they have to pay to go somewhere or where they might stay, that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm also seeing this trend in Hawaii west florida which where residents recently voted to limit traffic and kind a of thing so i think you know this is a really positive development obviously for the residents of these places but i also think it's a really positive development for us you know for travelers for visitors to these places because i think of the phrase um good fences make good neighbors right like we all need some structure some thoughtful structure around how we experience places and that means that you know when we have that in place we as travelers can visit a place you know, safe in the assumption that we're not infringing on someone's quality of life by going there and will be more eagerly welcomed by the residents if they're happier with how tourism is operating in their home communities. So that's one big trend. The other trend just briefly is that I really see travelers looking for more sustainable and more meaningful experiences and experiences that have a positive impact on the destinations they're visiting. And this is really backed up by surveys. You know, I think booking.com does a big Global Survey and The Vacationer and Kind Traveler, there are a bunch of surveys have shown this shift in people. You know, I think we're not taking travel for granted as much as we did before the pandemic and people are being more thoughtful. They are looking to be more conscientious and, you know, making their travel decisions in the future, which again, I think is a fantastic development. So I'm like you, I'm, I'm an optimist. I think that the industry is really coming out of this very difficult time moving you know maybe slowly but definitely moving in the right direction in a lot of ways
0: yeah i think it's a a time that many companies tourism and hospitality companies or big travel management companies or just companies with business travelers i'm very immersed in the business travel industry it it's a time that woke a lot of them up to start talking about at least talking about better travel and really shifting the narrative on why people travel and the value that it has, in particular for the business travel. I was reading a document that came out yesterday by someone named Eric Bailey, who is a global travel manager and runs a a big program at Microsoft. He and I were spoke at ProcureCon last year. Uh, this document stemmed from back in June I believe there was what they called the purposeful travel summit and it was a lot of these uh, people from the business travel industry got together to just brainstorm how do you really change the look of business travel and obviously I come from a standpoint of I focus in the well-being of travelers and really changing how travel is viewed as a tool to help us improve whether it's our well-being, our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, mental well-being, or also our work performance because there's a lot of research out there that talks about how travel can really benefit all these areas when done intentionally. The whole document, it was a 15-page document, but at least it talked about all of these people from all of these different companies, different positions, different roles, Coming together and talking about things like cultural experiences, personal growth and personal uh, fulfillment when traveling and in the business travel industry, that's a big deal. So I thought that's really interesting. And like you said, this is a time that it's very interesting, but it's also, I feel like a lot of good is going to be coming out of the tourism and hospitality industry as we move forward here. When it comes to your book, though, I want to hear more about why you're writing a book on tourism and what exactly are you writing about?
1: Oh, that's an excellent question. And one that I was asking myself this morning, actually, as I was typing away. (laughs) (laughs) um, The book really emerged from our moving to this village in the French Alps where we live and where tourism is so important, you know, economically and for the sort of social and cultural life of the village. It's really fascinating. And I've been a traveler my whole life but i never really questioned the industry as much as i have now as much as i've been doing now living in this place and i see you know i see travel as such an important force for good in the world such a potential such a potentially important force for good in the world and a force that has so many potential downsides as well you know whether we're talking economically or socially or environmentally so living here and experiencing tourism you know, on the receiving end, I guess, just made me really want to understand the nuances of this industry. In the book, I'm trying to give people a framework for understanding how we can do tourism in a way that maximizes the positive impacts of travel and tourism and minimizes the negative impacts. And I think the first step in doing that is just understanding it. A lot of books have been written about sustainable travel, like how do you do sustainable travel? which I think are great and useful and interesting, but I'm trying to go kind of a step further by really giving people the tools that they need, the understanding that they need to be able to ask and answer their own questions themselves by kind of unpacking the industry, showing how it works, showing the dynamics that are at play in a bunch of different destinations around the world. So the book is a combination of kind of dispatches from different places I visited. I was in Hawaii for about a month over the summer, I was in Cambodia last month. I was in India in September. I'm writing about the French Alps here, actually. I'm writing about Barcelona, lots of different places. I'll be going to Kenya in the spring, trying to bring in sort of case studies, stories, reporting from around the world, and weaving that together with some academic analysis and my own analysis of you know, how this industry works and how people can understand it in a way that will help them hopefully navigate it themselves. Because I think we kind of have to get beyond the lists of do's and don'ts. Like this industry is just way too complicated for a list of do's and don'ts. We need to understand it in a more nuanced and in a deeper way. That's the aim of the book, but I'm still, I'm still writing it. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes.
0: I love that. Is this going to be your first book?
1: It is actually. Yes. Very first book. I was excited to um, yeah land a deal with my publisher earlier this year. And so now I'm working toward my deadline of September 2023, which is when my first full draft is due to my editor in New York, and then yeah, we'll see how many big notes he gives me on the draft. But um, (laughs) it's been really fascinating and a wonderful reason to ask important questions and to meet fascinating people who are, you know, I'm meeting people who are managing tourism. I'm working meeting people who are working in the tourism industry, and frankly, to be honest, like in Hawaii, I met with some people who are frankly very opposed to tourism in their communities, like. Outright opposed to tourism, and I'm trying to take in all these views, you know, because they all exist. They all exist in this world of travel and tourism. I think it's important for people to be able to understand this, so they can navigate this world on their own. I love that. What is the process of landing a deal with a publisher? I mean, I have yeah. a book. I have a book, but it's on
0: Amazon, and I self-published it. So that was mm-hmm. sounds like a lot easier route. Congratulations for what you have. Thank you.
1: Yeah. So my first step was to basically write a book proposal or what I thought was a book proposal. It was kind of a baby book proposal. I just Googled, I literally Googled like how to write a book proposal and you can find formats online. And then I worked with my agent, lovely woman, who's incredibly kind and wise and a lovely guide for me. She helped me get the proposal to a point where she and I were both happy with it. And then she pitched it to publishers. That was yeah, kind of earlier this year. She she pitched it around to a I don't know how many, like a couple dozen, probably publishing houses. And we got a few offers and decided which one we wanted to go with. So she's kind of my business partner in this. But yeah, absolutely would have been impossible without without her. She was, she's been a fantastic partner in this.
0: That's exciting. Uh, what, is yeah. there a time when you're supposed to be finished with it?
1: Yeah, we're aiming to publish in May or June, probably early June, 2024, just a year and a half, a year, year and a half from now, but hopefully like late spring, early summer 2024.
0: I hope you enjoy the whole process of it because that's a very exciting thing to be doing and working on. I hope that you're proud of yourself because not many people can say <laughs> landed a publishing deal for a book, so that's wonderful. I look forward to reading it and sharing it with
1: the Travel Coach Network once it's ready. You're very kind to say that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's good to hear. It's good to hear that because you know there, there are, as with any sort of big long-term projects, there are some kind of like hair pulling out moments and moments of doubt. Oh, I'm but- sure. I am enjoying the process of reporting and writing and thinking about these issues so much. I really hope that my passion for this subject comes through in the in the writing because I don't want to write a book that's kind of a big downer because travel deserves better than that. Travel is important, travel is such, you know, an important like means of communication and promoting human understanding and I think it's so important. So I want to write a book that celebrates that while also being honest about the downsides that we all need to navigate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I know you're going to do a wonderful job. You're a beautiful writer. So as we wrap it up here, I always like to ask my guests, is there a fun fact about yourself that you like to share with the audience And it doesn't have
1: to be business or travel related? This is one of those like fun in retrospect facts, but I have had intimate experience of healthcare systems in many different countries, both because of like illness and because I've given birth in two different countries. So I had um Malaria and when we lived in Sierra Leone. I had typhoid fever when I was in Peru when I was 22. I had dysentery on a trip to Tajikistan in 2010. I gave birth to one child in England in 2013 and I gave birth to another child in Kenya in 2016. So I've had a little tour of the world you know hospitals and and medical right. clinics <laughs> none of those experiences i mean obviously the giving birth experiences were were joyful although you know of course challenging in their own ways but you know even the the kind of the slightly less pleasant experiences of falling ill with malaria and typhoid and dysentery did give me like didn't put me off traveling i have to say i mean my my travel bug is like incurable at this point but yeah still have not had Dengue fever, and I really hope to avoid that one. But knock
0: wood that it doesn't. Yeah, kind of went, went. So. <laughs> well, sounds like you have beat anything that you come now with. You should write on medical tourism next time. So. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Yeah,
1: yeah. I do, they've all been like, apart from the childbearing, all it's been sort of involuntary trips to medical yeah. establishments. <laughs>
0: Wonderful page. Is there anything else that you want to tell our audience about? Or, and if not, just let us know where we can follow and learn more about you and
1: follow your journey. Well, I would encourage anybody who's interested in you know following my travels and my work to visit my website, PaigeMcClanahan.com, and to sign up for my newsletter there. So, I send a newsletter issue out once a month, and I offer a bunch of like links to fun and interesting things like news articles and podcasts and TV shows all around this theme of travel. I also give a little update on my own travels and reporting and have some other little fun links in there too. So, you know, sign up for that or, you know, subscribe to my podcast, The Better Travel Podcast, or, you know, just follow me on Instagram. I'm Paige McClanahan on Instagram and, um, yeah, say hello. I always love to hear from people who are either podcast listeners or who have come across my writing. It's always great to you know speak to people who are in this world and, and who love travel because we're a lot of like-minded souls out there.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, Paige. All of Paige's links will be put in the show notes. Paige, I want to thank you so much for joining us today for this wonderful conversation. And for everyone who- is listening be sure to follow us on instagram at the travel coach network come stop by the travelcoachnetwork.com and give us a hello we look forward to having you in our tcn global community free on facebook and hopefully having you as a guest on our podcast as well. In the show notes, alongside Paige's links, you'll also find your free beginner's guide to travel coaching. You can also find the Facebook group link in there as well. And if you know anyone who may be interested in travel coaching, please be sure to send them our way to our podcast. We truly appreciate it. And until next time, my fellow wanderers, bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Travel Coach Network podcast. If you're brand new to the world of travel coaching, you must grab our free Beginner's Guide to Travel Coaching in the show notes. Then come share your takeaway from this episode in the Travel Coach Network global community. It's our free Facebook group for aspiring and thriving travel coaches. See you there.